Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 827. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at Rabbi Yismach at Take10FortorahOrg. This 10 is sponsored by the Lewis family in memory of Fred Lewis, Fabli Yitzchak, Ben Aftali, David Zichron, and So we have in this week's parsha, of course, the introduction to Moshe, but we have something very interesting about Moshe where Moshe refuses to take the job. And there are a variety of reasons that Moshe doesn't want to take the job of saving the Jewish people, and each one of them is interesting to discuss. But specifically, I wanted to talk about one of the things that comes up no less than three different times. Vayomer Moshe al Hashem, God, uh, Moshe says to God, Be Adoni, please my master, lo ish devarim onochi gam etmol gam shom. I am not a man of words. I have a difficulty speaking. He had some sort of disability, which we're going to discuss in a moment. Um, he, he describes it in two different ways. His kvad pe and kvad lashon. His mouth is heavy. His his tongue is heavy. God says, I mean, I'm the one who's in charge of that stuff. Don't worry about it, Moshe. Okay. Again, later, they're not going to listen to me. And Paro's not going to listen to me. I am like uncircumcised of the lips. That's the metaphor he uses to describe his disability. Then again, So no less than three times does he refer to this disability. What's interesting is, first of all, the nature of Moshe having this job, indeed, while having this disability. And of course, uh, the first thing is, where did it go? I mean, was this something that he always had? So while um, you might think that it's interesting, it doesn't come up again, there's a reason for that. The Medrash tells us, at least uh, according to one understanding, the Medrash tells us that, Look how amazing the language of Torah is, and in that it heals people. Okay, so it heals people. And it gives the example, and we have this idea that Harsinai, people who were, had, who were infirm in some way were healed, but specifically it says there, that specifically referring to Moshe, when he encountered Torah, when he began to learn Torah, he was healed. We see later, by the story of Devarim, where he gives a very long soliloquy, Clearly, he's able to speak. So it must be that over the course of his experience with Torah, he was healed. So that's the Medrash, and that kind of makes sense in that we don't hear about it anymore. After, finally, he takes the job, and he assumes the mantle of leadership, we don't hear about this Aral Sfasayim problem anymore. So maybe it's because Torah healed him. Okay, that's one perspective. Other perspectives disagree. Rashi says, Rashi explains that the disability over here was um, was uh, stuttering. He had a stuttering problem, Rashi says. And indeed, the Ibn Ezra tells us that this did not heal. The Ibn Ezra says that specifically Aaron was his, I guess, translator. And he goes so far as to saying, when Aaron dies, because Aaron predeceases Moshe, Eliezer, the son of Aaron, became the spokesperson for um, for motion. Now it's interesting because Aaron, as the spokesperson, the the translator is like very appropriate. Aaron, the peacemaker, you know, the the translator between people. Okay, there's something very interesting about that role. But okay, so the disability apparently, according to the Ibn Ezra, for sure, did remain, and he was stuck in that situation where somebody else was doing the work for him all of that time. Okay, others understand that the disability was different. Rabbi Nuchananel says he was kvad peh and kvad lashon. He had a difficulty with particular 
sounds, uh, peh and lashon, referring to like labials, or I forget all the different names of the different sounds, but specific letters, zayin, shin, resh, samach, tzadi, those are teeth, tooth letters, and also there were letters dalid, tuf, lamed, nun, tet, and those were other types of letters he had a difficult time with. He just had a speech impediment, and he wasn't able to articulate these words, these letters properly. Um, Others understand that it had nothing to do with the speech itself, rather it had to do with languages. Medrash Tanchuma says that the issue was that he wasn't proficient in the breadth of languages that was spoken in the palace, and he thought they weren't going to take him seriously. Not exactly uh, how you would read the words, but that's one understanding specifically that it refers to languages. Rashbam says that the language that he had problems with was actually Egyptian because uh, he left so young, even though he grew up in an Egyptian household, right? He grew up in the household of Paro. Still, uh, because he was not there long enough, he did not speak Egyptian well. And so he thought, again, he wasn't going to be able to communicate properly with the king. Okay, and the Svarno adds that his problem wasn't that he wasn't able to articulate sounds or that it was languages. He just didn't think he was articulate enough. He didn't think he was going to be able to go to the king and be able to have the words which would be able to convince the king to let the Jews go. He didn't think he was going to be able to pull that off. Okay, there's another element to all of this which is the medrash of how he got this speech impediment, right? So there's a medrash that describes a story specifically about Moshe growing up in the house of Paro, and as a little kid, he would play around with Paro's crown, and then the medrash says, Hayusham Yoshvin, Chartumei Mitzrayim, the Chartumei Mitzrayim, the advisors of Paro, the his magicians, would be sitting around the Amr when they would say, Misyarin Anu Mizesh, and Notel Kisrucha, Venosno Al Rosha. We're a little bit nervous about this little kid who keeps taking your crown. Shlo Yezeh Oso Shanu Amrum Shasalita Malchus Mimecha. We had this uh, some sort of vision that there was going to be somebody who would come and take the crown from you. Maybe this is the kid, because we see he's actually literally taking the crown from you. So, some of them said, let's kill the kid. And Yisro, interesting that the Medrash puts Yisro, his future father-in-law, Yisro is sitting there amongst the advisors of Paro, and says, nah, why do we need to do that for? Just test him. And they put a hot shiny coal, famous story, they put a hot shiny coal up against the crown, which would he be more attracted to? Of course, he went towards the crown, because he wasn't an idiot. And Gavriel, the Malach Gavriel, pushes his hand towards the coal, he he puts his hand in his mouth, or puts uh, there's a piece of coal on it, and he burns his mouth, and that's where the develop, the impediment is um, is from. Okay, that's what the measure says, which is very interesting, because it's exactly this moment where he's proving that he's not able to, or he has no uh, wishes for the Malchus, wishes for the kingdom, is exactly where he develops a speech impediment, which he later uses to try to explain to God why he's not going to be able to be the leader here. So there's something very ironic. Now, as an aside, um, there's a, in Josephus, Josephus tells a story similar to this. He doesn't have the whole bit with the coal and the speech impediment, but it's probably worth, if you have a copy of Josephus and you want to take a look, the um, in, in Josephus, Kadmonim HaYehudim, in uh, the early story of the Jews, Antiquities of the Jews, 297. You can Google it, take a look at the entire story. It refers to Paro's daughter there as Thermuthis, um, who perceived him as a remarkable child, adopted her him for her son. Tells a very long story about Moshe growing up in the palace of Paro and all of the different details of that story, how they were suspicious of him, but how somehow he, he overcame all of that and he survived to be Moshe.
Okay, so now, altogether, we have this speech impediment, and whether or not he was healed or he wasn't healed, definitely in the beginning it was something which was difficult and definitely a challenge for him. And the question is then, you know, why is this important? Why is this important? If it's something that was surmountable, okay, it's surmountable, we all have challenges. If it's something that was not surmountable and he was saddled with this his entire career, so then what's the what's the important uh, teaching here? So the Drashos Haram in uh, section 5, he refers to this very, very important question. Why is this such an important element of Moshe and his upbringing and his career, this fact that he was the Aral Sifasayim. And so he answers as follows. He explains, and this is an idea that comes uh, up uh, in a bunch of different achronim and rishonim. He says, after a long essay, People should never think that the selling point of Moshe, the selling point of the Torah, was his charisma, his articulation, his ability to sell it was not that. Rather, he was somebody who, on his own, was not able to deliver a cogent message, was not able to articulate ideas properly. He was not able to communicate with the charisma that we hear of with some leaders and some speakers, people who are able to just convince anybody to do anything. That's not what Moshe was about. And one of the most important things we need to remember is that Torah and the information therein sells itself. You don't need somebody with charisma, somebody who's able to articulate the way of some incredible public speaker. That's not the selling point of Torah. The selling point of Torah is the content. So while some people might point to Moshe and say, hey Moshe, the reason that people developed an affinity towards Judaism is because you as a communicator, you as a salesperson, that's not the case. That's why there's a focus on Moshe being an Aral Sosayim. That's why there's a focus on Moshe not being the one who's able to uh, cogently articulate, but rather the content itself selling itself. That's the story with Moshe, and that's the story with Moshe's speech. Have a wonderful Shabbos.